Today we're continuing our foundation series where we've said that we want to take some time uh, to be able to talk about some of the things that help us to grow in our relationship and in our walk with God. And the key metaphor that we've used throughout this series is the metaphor of a garden. To recognize that in a healthy garden, you plant things in the right place, you give the plants the right nutrients, and then those plants will grow the way that they should. And we believe that that's the way that things work in our relationship with God too. That if we're planted in a healthy place, if we're a part of a healthy church, and if we then are giving ourselves the nutrients that God has provided for us, then we'll grow and develop into the people that God wants us to be. And so this series has really been talking about that. What are the sorts of nutrients that we can take into our life that will help us to grow? And so today we're going to talk about prayer as one of the really important nutrients that we have. And we could do a whole series on prayer, and at some point we may well circle back around to this and unpack more of the different themes. But today's more of an overview to go over some of the basics that are a part of what it looks like to have a healthy prayer life. And to recognize that prayer is really, really foundational, not just in terms of it being a spiritual practice, but in terms of cultivating a relationship with God. Scripture reading is really, really important for us. Doing things like journaling, which we'll talk about next week, is a really, really helpful practice for us. But there's really nothing that has the same sense of relational connection with God uh, that prayer does. And so prayer is important, not just as a spiritual discipline, but as a way of us growing and developing in that sense of connectivity with God. And so a helpful way to start talking about prayer is to think about the other relationships that you have in your life and to think about how those relationships have grown and how they've developed. So whether that's a family member, whether that's a friend, someone at work, uh, a neighbour, as you develop a relationship with someone, it really comes down to consistent investment in that relationship over time, consistently spending time with them, consistently talking about stuff that's important, uh, learning together, growing together, and working through that together. And for some of us, The best way to do that is to sit down across the table from each other uh, over a coffee and to have an intentional time of being able to really invest in that relationship. And so for lots of us, that's a really great way for us to build friendships or to build that sense of connection. But for some of us, that's not the best way for us to develop relationships. Some of us actually develop relationships far better by journeying together and doing something together, working on projects together, going for a walk together, doing exercise together. Those things can really help us to be able to develop our relationships too. For some of us, being able to go to a specific place can be an important part of developing a relationship. So we've talked before about how for Ali and I, every Friday we go for a walk along the beach. And so that's become this really great place for us to be able to go and to have some good conversations. And so sometimes in relationships, we have a special coffee shop that we love to go to or a park that we love to go and sit in or a place where we like to go for a walk, whatever it might be. And so it's important to recognize if that's how your relationships develop with other people around you, that's how God has naturally wired you. And so you can take some of those principles and apply them into developing your relationship with God. And so for some of us, sitting down and having a coffee with God, an intentional time set aside to be able to just sit with God and pray with God can be really, really helpful. But if you are someone who finds it helpful to do other things in developing your other relationships, 
then that can be something you can apply to your relationship with God too. And so it might be helpful to think of what it looks like to cultivate your prayer life while you're doing things, while you're working on projects, while you're going for a walk, while you're doing exercise, or to find a specific place that you find really, really helpful to be able to go and know that in that place you can spend some time with God. So learn from our other relationships and think about how that factors in. But ultimately, it really doesn't matter where you do it or when you do it. Prayer is simply about having a conversation with God. It's simply about being able to say, what does it look like to talk with God, to share what's on my heart, and to listen to God and to hear what's on his heart. And so that's what we want to unpack a little bit today. So we want to start by the talking part, which is what most of us understand a lot of prayer to be. And there are all sorts of different models of prayer, lots of different ideas about the ways in which you can talk to God, and all of them are completely valid. So if you have a model of prayer that you find helpful, then that's really, really great. And if the models that we talk about today aren't necessarily the most helpful for you, don't give up. Come and talk to me, and I'll give you some other ideas about some other ones that are really good too. But for us... Whenever we want to focus on something, we try as hard as we can to go back to Jesus and say, okay, well, what did Jesus teach us? And then let's launch out from there. And so we have the privilege of his disciples saying to him, Jesus, teach us how to pray. And so we can lean into those passages to discover more about what that looks like. Most of us will be very familiar with the conversation that happens in Matthew around prayer where his disciples ask Jesus, teach us how to pray, and he teaches them what most of us know as the Lord's Prayer. I've intentionally chosen not to look at that passage today because the challenge with that is it ends up becoming a bit of a formula and it can become this thing that we just know the words and so we rattle them off, but we don't actually believe that's what Jesus was trying to do when he taught that to his disciples. He was trying to teach them a model. And so the corresponding passage in Luke, which we're looking at today, has different words than we're probably used to. And so this is helpful for us to be able to say, well, what are the key themes that Jesus focuses on in terms of our prayer life? So Luke chapter 11, verse 1. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he'd finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. So as we begin, this is a good reminder that our prayer life is not supposed to be something that's just our personal spirituality. It's very clear as we read scripture that Jesus spent time praying in front of his disciples and they spent time praying together. And so prayer is something that we're supposed to do together. But even more than that, it's great for us to be able to learn from other people. So if you're feeling a bit stuck in your prayer life, a great thing to do is to ask someone else, tell me a bit about what your prayer life looks like. What are the sorts of models? What are the sorts of tools that you use to be able to help your relationship grow? We see that Jesus taught his disciples. Jesus' disciples clearly saw that John the Baptist taught his disciples. So this is a good place for us to start. But it's also a good reminder that prayer was a priority for Jesus. And so, as I've said, throughout Scripture, we see Jesus praying on his own with his disciples. We see Jesus uh, going and spending whole nights in prayer at times. And so I want to recognize that if it was important for Jesus, who was himself God and had more of a connection with God than anyone ever has or ever will, if it was important for Jesus to go and spend time praying... I'm pretty sure it's important for me to set some time aside to go and spend time with God. So Jesus says in verse 2, when you pray, say this, and we're going to go through this line by line. So Jesus starts interestingly, interestingly by saying, Father, that's the place for us to start in our prayer. 
We want to start by remembering our relationship with God. We're not supposed to approach God with this really formal sense or being kind of scared and in awe of who God is, too holy to talk to. The word that is actually used by Jesus is this very intimate word that we've talked about before, this word Abba, which is probably more accurately translated Papa or Dada. That's what Jesus is saying. We should start our prayer time with that word to recognize that's the sort of relationship that God wants to have with us. We're already a part of God's family, and so we should approach him with courage. And as I was thinking about this, I thought about how ridiculous it would be if Josh and Rachel, every time they communicated with me, felt like they needed to come up to me and say, oh, our amazing earthly father, provider of all of our needs, the one who puts a roof over our heads and food on our table, wouldst thou grant us our wishes? That would be absolutely ridiculous. I want my kids to come and talk to me just as normal people and be able to say, Dad, can I talk to you about something? Or Dad, this is something I've been processing. Or Dad, this is something that I need. And Jesus very clearly says, this is the way that we should approach God as well. Not only that, but if we skip a bit further ahead, after the passage that we're looking at today in verses 5 to 13, Jesus takes this even further And he uses a couple of illustrations where he talks about a neighbour who has someone suddenly come and drop in and they don't have enough food. And so the person goes and knocks on the next door neighbour's house and says, hey, we've run out of bread, you got anything that we can borrow? For us, we might think that's a bit weird, but in Jesus' culture, that was a perfectly natural thing to do. You run out of food, you go and ask for some help. But then Jesus takes that even further and says, if your kids come to you and they ask you for some fish, you're not going to give them a snake. And if they come and ask you for some eggs, because they want to make some omelettes or something, you're not going to give them a scorpion. And Jesus reinforces this by saying, if you, who, let's face it, are not exactly perfect, you make a lot of mistakes and don't necessarily get things right, right all the time, if you know how to look after your kids, then how much more confident should you be that your heavenly Father loves you and knows how to look after you? So as we start our prayer time, that's where we want to begin, recognising the relational dynamics that we have with God. However, in verse 2, Jesus does remind us that God is not just this papa who's kind of over to the side that we don't have to think too much about. He says, may your holy name be honoured. And so we are reminded that yes, this is our heavenly papa, but guess what? He's also the God of the universe who is completely holy completely perfect, who is the creator of absolutely everything. And so whenever we see the word name in scripture, we're reminded that that's about character. It's not just someone's name, but it actually has meaning attached to it. And so what Jesus is saying is that we approach God as our papa, but then we say, may your holy character be honored. Help me to recognize who you are and what you're like, and then help me to make you look good in my time of praying, but also in the way that I live my life. Jesus then continues and says that we should pray, may your kingdom come. And so we understand kingdom to be living life the way that God wants us to be able to live. Another way of being able to understand it is God's dream for what we're supposed to experience. And not just when we pass from this life into the next, but in the here and now. And so Jesus says, as a part of your prayer, you should recognize that God has this ideal way for us to live our lives, how we were created to live. And his desire is that we would experience that and that we would be the ones who help that to become a reality in the world around us. 
So as we're praying, we want to be reminded about what that looks like and how we can be a part of helping that become a reality. In verse 3, Jesus then says we should pray, give us day by day the food that we need. So we do take some time to ask God to provide for the things that we want. And this is what most of us think of as prayer, asking God for the things that are on our heart. But it's good that Jesus reminds us to pray for our needs, not necessarily our wants, because sometimes those things are very, very different. But even more than that, that Jesus challenges us about what it looks like to pray for our day-by-day needs, to not feel anxious, and he talks about this in other places, about what's to come next week or next month or next year, but to say, God, give me what I need today. Help me to trust in your provision for the things that I need today and then tomorrow to do the same thing and then the next day to do the same thing and the next day to do the same thing. Jesus then says in verse 4 that we should pray, forgive us our sins. We've talked about sin as missing the mark, that perfect bullseye that we're aiming for, which is to love perfectly 100% of the time. And so sin is missing that bullseye, which means any time that we don't love perfectly. Another way of understanding that, any time that we act with selfish motives. And so Jesus says that we should come and we should be honest with God about the times that we've messed up, about the times when we didn't quite get it right, the times when we didn't love perfectly, the times when we acted selfishly. But the good thing is that we know that forgiveness has been granted to us. It's not like we come to God and we say, God, I need to confess this, I need to own up that I did this. And God's like, really? I can't believe that you did that. What? Well, that's terrible. How could you possibly do that to that person? God knows everything that we do 100% of the time. So when we're taking time to confess the times that we've messed up, it's actually for our benefit, not for God's. It's our opportunity to say, God, I know I didn't get this right, but thank you that you have forgiven me for those mistakes. You don't hold those things against me, so neither should I hold those things against myself. But then Jesus takes that a step further and says, for we forgive everyone who does us wrong. So this time of accepting God's forgiveness should then challenge us to say, if God forgives everything I've done, then why would I withhold that forgiveness from anybody else? And so it is a big challenge that Jesus actually says, we forgive everyone who does us wrong. And that's what we believe, is that we are called to forgive 100% of the time. Now, quick aside, it's important to recognise the difference between forgiveness and building trust in a relationship. And often we get those two things mixed up. And we think, well, if I ask God to forgive that person for what they've done to me, then does that mean I just let them walk all over me? And particularly in relationships where there's bad things happening, we want to be very, very careful about that. But we genuinely believe that God says to us, we need to forgive every time. Because forgiveness means I'm not actually going to let this thing affect me. I'm not going to let this have power over me. I release that. But in many situations where there's a relationship involved, there is an important process then of rebuilding the trust. There are things that we need to do in order to get to a place where we can trust each other again. But that doesn't mean that we should withhold forgiveness from other people. Jesus challenges us to say, in our times of prayer, we should open ourselves up and allow God to give us forgiveness, but also extend that to those around us. And then lastly, Jesus says, and do not bring us to any hard testing. 
to recognise that it is actually hard to follow Jesus. It is hard to put his priorities first in the culture that we live in. And so we ask God to give us strength, to give us perseverance, to give us protection from the enemy that wants to distract us and keep us away from what it looks like to follow him authentically. So when we put that all together, here's what it looks like. Father, Papa, a heavenly data. We start with that relationship. May your holy name be honoured. Help me to remember what your character is like. Help me to remember who you are and help me to make you look good. May your kingdom come. Thanks that you have a plan for what it looks like for me to experience life the way that you created me to live. But also thank you that you give me the opportunity to help your kingdom become a reality as I live my life today. Give us, to, give us day by day the food that we need. Help me to trust in your provision for this day. Help me to trust that you know what I need and that you're already at work bringing those things into my life. Forgive us our sins. I'm sorry for the times that I've messed up. I'm sorry for the times that I haven't acted with others-centered love, for the times that have been selfish. But thank you for your forgiveness for that. For we forgive everyone who does wrong. Help me to let go of those times when other people have hurt me, to recognize I'm not perfect and neither is anyone else. And so the mistakes that people have made, I'm not going to let them hold me back. I offer forgiveness to them and do not bring us to hard testing. Help me to experience your protection through this day. Give me your strength. Give me your perseverance to be able to live the life that you want me to be able to live. So that's a really, really helpful model for prayer. And I think it's a great starting point for us when we're talking about what our prayer life looks like, to be able to have that somewhere close by and then to just be able to go through it line by line and to pull out specific things for that day that we can pray into. So what does it mean for me to recognize I'm a part of God's family today? What is an element of God's character that I want to focus on today? What are the elements of being able to be a part of experiencing God's kingdom and extending God's kingdom that are going to be a part of what I get to do during this day? And so on. So that's one thing that I would encourage you to do. If you kind of haven't, you got a bit stuck in your prayer life or you haven't been sure where to start, this is a great model. Now for some of us, even that's a little bit too complicated. So if you're simple like me and you need it simplified down even further, then we'll talk about what we're talking about out in God's gang. So today in our kids' ministry, we're talking about how to pray as well. And we're using this model of prayer that we have used in our services and some of our family services before, which is the teaspoon prayer, T-S-P. Thank you, sorry, and please. So that's what we're talking to our kids about, is this is a really simple model of prayer to be able to say, how do I thank God? How do I express that I'm sorry for the things that I've done and ask for his forgiveness? And then how do I ask God for the things that I need? And we can take those elements that Jesus has talked to us about and infuse them into this model. Be able to say, thank you, God, that you're my heavenly papa. Thank you that I am a part of your family. Thank you for your character. Thank you for who you are. Thank you that you're the creator of the universe. Thank you for what you have done. Thank you for what you are doing. Thank you for what you've given us. Thank you for who we are because of what you've done. Thank you that you're not finished yet. There are lots of great places for us to be able to just express our gratitude for all that God has done. We can then take some time to say sorry, 
to again go through the process of saying where are the times that I've messed up, what are the mistakes that I've made, the opportunities that I missed to be able to share God's love with those around me. Who are the people that I've hurt and how do I experience God's forgiveness from those mistakes that I've made? But also to ask God to help us not hold things against others who have hurt us since the last time that we prayed. And then please, to be able to ask for God's daily provision for the things that we need, asking God to help us live the way that he wants us to live, asking God to look after us, asking God to help us do the work that he's got for us to do. So that might be an even simpler model of prayer to be able to use as you head into this week. Thank you, sorry, and please, and to just spend some time thinking about what each of those look like each day. So to make this really, really practical, I thought it would be useful to say this is what these things look like in my life, in my daily practices with God. Each day, uh, I normally get up and sometimes I do some exercise, but before or while I'm having breakfast, I'll pull my Bible out and look at a passage of Scripture and look at the questions that we talked about last week. So I spend some time just reading through that and ultimately getting to the point of saying, what's the one thing that jumps out for me? I'll then take some time to journal, and we're going to talk more about journaling next week, so I won't give away too much of that. But it's just an opportunity to be able to reflect and think back over what's happened in the last 24 hours. And then I'll wrap up my time with God by doing this TSP, being able to say, thank you, God, for these things that I'm learning through Scripture. Thank you for these things that you've given me through the last 24 hours. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for who I am. Sorry, taking some time to recognise the moments where I've messed up and where I haven't lived the way that he wanted me to and accepting his forgiveness for that. And then please, being able to pray into what's coming up through that day and to pray about specific circumstances that are happening in people's lives around me. And so that's a really, really healthy way of being able to learn some scripture, focus on scripture, grow through that, but also spend some time conversationally with God. So all of that fits under the category of talking to God. You'll be pleased to know the listening part is not the same length as what we've just done, so don't panic. (laughs) But before we get to what it looks like to listen, there's a couple of things that I think are helpful to say as well. For some of us, trying to do all of this in our heads is really, really hard to do. And I'm someone who fits into that category. My brain spins at 100 miles an hour. So trying to just sit and concentrate and just pray in my head normally doesn't work. I get very distracted very, very easily. So for me, it's really helpful to actually write these things down. Uh, I actually have a journal that's a Word document on my computer. So I type those things out. But whatever it looks like to be able to focus and be able to get it down on paper can be a really helpful way of praying. For some of us, it can be helpful to pray out loud. Uh, Obviously, you want to be careful where you do that because you don't want to look like you're a crazy person. But if you want to do that at home, if you want to do that in a coffee shop, more power to you. Um, If you want to do that when you're in your car, just driving along, people are like, who are they talking to? Good thing is now everyone will just think you're on your phone. So it's totally fine. But saying it out loud might be really, really helpful in terms of being able to stay focused and to concentrate. If you can do it just silently, then good for you. Uh, But might be helpful to uh, use some of those tools. It can also be really, really helpful to have a dedicated time for prayer. So as I said, for me, that's around while I'm having breakfast. Uh, For you, it might be at lunchtime, it might be before you go to bed, but setting aside a specific time can be really, really important. But we ultimately want to recognise this is about cultivating a relationship with God. 
And so it would be absolutely ridiculous for Ali and I to get up each day and to spend 10 minutes talking to each other and then not speak to each other for the rest of the day. That would be very, very weird. But that's sometimes how our relationship with God can function. We spend time with God in the morning and then we don't give him another thought until the next day when we spend some more time talking to him. And so finding ways of recognising that God's with us all the way through the day and we can do things like, thank you, sorry, please, whenever we want, or even just taking time to recognise, God, I know that you're here with me in this moment. Help me to focus on you. So a helpful practice that I've used at times is to set an alarm that goes off every hour or every couple of hours and uh, just to be reminded, oh yeah, that's right, God's here with me, I should direct my thoughts to him. Uh, So doing something that just brings your attention back, that God's with you and wants to build that relationship with you throughout the day, not just once, can be helpful. So before we wrap up today, just want to spend a couple of moments talking about what the listening part looks like. And again, we could spend a long time talking about what listening to God uh, is like and the different ways that we can do that. But really, we're just saying that it's not just about us pouring ourselves out to God and then saying, well, I've said everything I want to say, off I go. But we also, in prayer, want to receive from God and want to understand what God's got to say to us. And so one helpful model of what listening to God looks like for me has been these four different areas. That God speaks to us through Scripture, which we talked about last week, that God is able to speak to us through the words that are in the Bible. God speaks to us through prayer, and another way I would say this is through our intuition, just that gut feel that I think that this is what God is saying to me. I'm sitting here in silence, and I just sense this is what God's saying. God speaks to us through the church, and by that we mean through other people who are following Jesus, other people who can speak wisdom into our lives, who can encourage us, who can challenge us. God uses other people. And then God uses our circumstances to speak to us as well. Just stuff that's happening around us can then be one of the ways that God speaks. Now, whenever we talk about this, it's good to recognise that it's kind of like a chair. And if you sit on a one-legged chair it's normally a little bit wobbly. So if you just rely on any one of these, it can be a little bit dangerous, particularly some of them. So particularly me just saying, I'm going to rely on my intuition. I think this is what God's saying. It can be a very dangerous road because we're all very good at convincing ourselves about things. Someone else coming up and saying, I believe that God wants to say this to you can also be a fairly dangerous thing that we want to be careful about as well. And our circumstances, sometimes stuff just happens. But when we have two, three, or four of these that are working together, we get a greater sense of stability, like the more legs on a chair. And so if you hear the same themes coming through Scripture, what you're sensing while you're praying, what other people are saying to you, and your circumstances, then you can get to a place where you can feel fairly confident that God is trying to send a message to you, or God's trying to communicate something to you. But the important thing is to say, are we creating space to hear what God wants to say? Or are we just telling him everything that we want to think about? Where are we getting God's heart and God's perspective? So a final thought as we wrap up is simply this. The prayer is actually far more for our benefit than it is for God's benefit. We don't earn credits with God. We don't earn God's favour. We don't earn God's love by praying more, by praying sacrificially, by doing something so that we hope that God will maybe turn his ear to us and pay attention to what we've got to say. We start where Jesus started, that we are already adopted into God's family with all of the rights and privileges that come with that. And so prayer is far more about us 
being able to process through the things that we're working through, the things that are on our heart, the things that we're concerned about, the things that we're struggling with, being able to pour ourselves out to God and then to be able to receive back from him what it is that he wants to say to us. A prayer is about cultivating this relationship that already exists. We don't do these things in the hope that maybe God will accept us. We do these things because God has already accepted us and wants us to walk with him and to grow and develop with him. So as we wrap up today on your teaching notes, you've got the same challenge that we've had all the way through this series. This week, I will aim to dot, dot, dot. So I want to encourage you to work out what the dot, dot, dot is. Actually, on your page, it's lines, but that's okay. What is the thing that you want to take away and do this week? At a minimum, my encouragement will be to say, is there a specific time for a specific length that you want to set aside to pray this week? So it may be, this week, I will aim to pray every day at breakfast for 10 minutes. And that could be the goal that you set. You might want to be a little bit more specific and say, this week I will use Jesus' model of prayer during my prayer times. Or this week I will use the TSP model of prayer during my prayer times. But be specific. And you may even want to go a step further and say, where are you going to do that? So that you can set this time aside and really intentionally lean on it. You could also think about what it looks like to spend some time praying with someone else. And so particularly for those of us who have kids, that would be one of the challenges that I would throw out for us this week is to say, what's it look like for us to pray together as a family as we head into this week? But for those of us who are single or couples, what does it look like to reach out to someone else and to be able to say, can we spend some time praying? Or even just to say, what are the things that you've been learning about prayer? Because this isn't supposed to be something that we just do on our own. It's something that we're supposed to do all together. So I'll give you a moment just to be able to jot down a couple of thoughts and then I'll wrap up with a word of prayer. Jesus, we thank you for showing us what a healthy prayer life looks like. We thank you that this was a part of your rhythm while you were here on earth, that you took time aside to spend with your heavenly Father, to be able to pour your heart out, to talk about the things that you were struggling with and you were wrestling with, uh, but also to receive from your heavenly Father the things that you needed to be able to move forward in your journey and to complete the mission that God had for you. And so I pray that as we head into this week, that you would help us to be able to do the same thing, to take some time this week to recognize that we are wrapped up in this awesome family that you have given us the privilege of being a part of, that it is our heavenly papa that we get to spend time with as we go through this week. And so help us to approach that with a sense of confidence, with a sense of joy, and with a sense of expectation about what it looks like to meet with you rather than going into it as a sense of obligations and stuff that we have to do, or rather than going through it uh, as a bunch of things that we think we need to do in order to earn your love or your favour. So as we go into this week, give us a new awareness, a new passion, a new sense of excitement about what it looks like to cultivate our prayer lives and to be able to journey with you. In your name we pray. Amen.